0: witchy Witchy and weird weird podcast what up what up witchy and weird i am recording in my office for the first time Because my boyfriend is out to lunch, so (laughs) I can record in here. Um, I'm actually really excited to talk about today's topic because it is one that I feel like I am an expert on. And I say that with like seriousness and not seriousness because I feel like we can always learn more about things. Um, But I also feel like I know a lot about this. (laughs) because it is inner child healing. So I figured, why not? It's about time that I talk about inner child healing because in my business, that is like my bread and butter. I absolutely love helping people connect and heal trauma with their inner child. I kind of like started my business. I guess I started my healing business um, because when I first started my business, it was crochet. I made crochet tops and accessories, which it feels like a lifetime ago. But um, when I started it, I was immediately drawn to inner child healing as like in my own personal practice, inner child healing was one of the most powerful things that I could do for myself that I learned through other practitioners. And intuitively, I started just like, picking it up, like, I learned some things from other practitioners. I learned things from, like, education and research. And then I got most of it, like, intuitively. And um, it's pretty wild. Like, I basically do what, like, people with PhDs who do psychotherapy do, but, like, in an intuitive fashion, in a magical fashion um, with the inner child. So, yeah, like, I... Like, why not talk about something that people come to me for? I have my main service in my business right now is like um it's called the Inner Child Verse. <laughs> if you go on my website or if you look at my link in bio, my like regular page. And basically I help people one-on-one um, in different capacities. It could be a single session or I have a client that I've worked with for like a year on this kind of stuff. So it's very transformative, very powerful. I feel like anybody who wants to do trauma healing or like embodiment healing, energy healing, like healing like releasing trauma in your body um shame, judgment, like feeling authentic, like the inner child is honestly in my opinion where all of that lies. Like that is like the crux of everything because I I don't know like the actual t- statistics, but like a large percentage of our trauma comes from our childhood because that is the time when we're most vulnerable. Number one, that is the time when we're learning about how the world works. So like the subconscious is formed in that time, like in those formative years. That's why they call it that, right? The subconscious, like learns from the environment learns from what you see hear, feel experience and creates a framework for what the world is right you know how we always talk about like in manifestation and a lot in the spiritual community like your the way you see the world is how it's reflected back to you and that really like from a scientific standpoint is true because as young people we Create an image of what the world is based off of our childhood. And then our subconscious emanates that throughout our life, you know, and we're not super aware of all of it. And so doing deeper healing can change the way we feel shame and judgment and trauma and the way we understand how the world works. Like maybe we have preconceived notions, right? Those are all formed from when you're a child. And A lot of the trauma that we experience happens when we're younger and then we just take that into the rest of our lives. Like, if somebody experiences a trauma, I like to, going back to, like, what we've talked about before with, like, the rule of, like, um, the world being, like, a computer disk. I think that may have been on the Patreon exclusive episode. But anyways like we're running these programs. I always talk about programs in my business. And, and like for me it's like a pro, like someone who went to school for computer programming amongst other things. But um like we run a program. So like the way that I describe programs is like in in computer science it's like you create a rule. So it's like if somebody presses the power button then turn on the computer, right? So that's a program that's always running. So no matter who touches the button, it's always going to turn on the computer, right? So for us, we get programs like that. And, and some of them can be created out of trauma. So if we learn um, through a traumatic incident... Oh, and I just want to say, like, kind of like mild trigger warning for the entire episode. I'm I'm going to be talking about, like, assault or, like you know, traumatic things that could happen in your childhood, like sexual assault, um, you know, shaming, judgment, fear, like shitty parenting environments. It's not going to be like super in-depth, but I do want to warn you. Um, But anyways, if we have a traumatic incident, like let's say a sexual assault, then we kind of create this rule to kind of make sense of what happened in our mind, right? So it's like, if I act in this way, then I will be sexually assaulted, right? Or some people will have the program where it's like all people who look like the person who sexually assaulted me are scary or need to be feared or can't be trusted, right? We, we create these programs. And so that kind of like frames over time, like how we view the world, how we exist in the world, how we move in the world, what we believe in in the world. And that's why I feel like doing inner child healing is one of the most important parts of healing because we hold so much with our inner child in our childhood in our subconscious and the more we can take out those like shameful and judgment and trauma based things out of our experience out of our body out of our life or we can alchemize them into something meaningful and loving and accepting then it just makes everything in our life easier to be honest like people, a lot of people focus on like, ter- I, f- I feel like they're tertiary um, things that, because it can be easier to to tackle tertiary things like money and like visibility and things like that. But if you tackle the, the deeper stuff that feels harder, that feels like there's more resistance in your body, you'll get the most out of it, right? You know, it's like if you're playing a video game and you you do an easy mission, you'll get small rewards, but if you do a hard mission, you'll get large rewards, right? That's kind of how I see it. Um, and a lot of people don't understand that when you do heal with your inner child, because it is deeper stuff, that it's pretty much connected to everything in your life. So it's like if you do want to shift your finances, if you do want to shift your love life, if you do want to shift your self-acceptance, like all of that will happen when you work with your inner child. So that was, like, a huge, like, tangent that I didn't plan on talking about. But this is how strongly I feel about inner child healing, right? And, like, my inner child is a huge part of why I do this. Like, my inner child, I I was healing with them. And I had this huge realization, this huge visualization. And they are like, I want to help everybody else heal who suffered from sexual assault. Because I've had sexual, excuse me, sexual assault throughout my childhood. And they were like, I want to... They literally were like, I want to fucking like eradicate all the the people who create sexual assault and I want to help everybody else feel safe. And like feeling safe in your body is just like a blessing, a privilege, something that some people never get, never feel. Right. So that's like a big reason why I do it. And so even before all of this, I wanted to talk about like what is an inner child? Right. So I'm going to talk about, like, what my definition of an inner child is. It is pretty encompassing for maybe what other people define inner children as. But I'll break it down from, like, what some other people view it as and what I view it as. But basically, the way I see it is, like, kind of like two things. So one way I see it is our inner child, we live through it but they don't go away. I've kind of, whenever I view inner children, I view them as like living in our heart space or living somewhere in our body. For me, it's mostly in the heart space, but it's like that version of you from when you were a child lives inside of you, is always there. It's never going to go away, right? Like people have childlike spirit, childlike personality, like there's pieces of us, right? We're not just one one note beings we have multiple things living in us all at once like multiple sides to us right so I view them as they're always living inside of us and they affect us in a lot of ways like how I was saying like our unhealed trauma with our inner child can affect every single facet of our life especially our love life the other way I see it is from like my magical like interdimensional point of view and some people view it this way where because energy is neither created nor destroyed there's different like dimensions or timelines where things exist so that timeline where you were 5 years old is always existing out there in the inner childverse right <laughs> um and we have the ability to access that so that's kind of how i see it when we're tapping into memories um, sometimes traumas, I feel like are whenever I like, what I mean when I say when I see it is like psychically, I'll see it um, when I'm working with clients. It feels like sometimes you you tap, you go back in time into that specific, I, I view them as like energetic signatures. Like I literally kind of see them as like strings or like glowing things that we like jump into. Um, and so there's that as well. And A lot of people, I use the term inner child, like, as all-encompassing. People kind of separate them out. So they have, like, inner teen, inner child. I view the inner child as, like, from when you're born to when you're, like, 18, right? Like, or some people, like, when you stop feeling like a child, you know? (laughs) Like, um, but, um, even I've, I've worked with people who do, um, you can have like rebirthing ceremonies because the moment that you come into the world is a very significant moment. And although many of us don't remember it, it does leave an energetic signature on us. So I knew somebody who did rebirthing ceremonies. Um, And she was able to like, it was like a whole ritual where you were like kind of like mimicking being born again, but she taps in psychically and she could tell like, the trauma that was surrounding, Cause you know, like modern medicine, like it's like traumatic. It's like, get them in there right away. Get them the drugs. Like let's do this yelling and screaming. And for a lot of like more like non-Westernized healers and like doulas and stuff, like, like birth is like a beautiful moment. And so you can be born into different circumstances, right? Like maybe your mom's partner didn't make it on time or passed out or whatever. Like your mom was super stressed out and anxious, and like that energy is the energy that you were born into, right? So you can go back as far as the day you were born and start healing with your inner child. Um, generally, I would say most people I work with, th- age three is like the youngest I've 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 worked with, and it can go all the way up to like when you're 18, right? So I sometimes like I use the um, term inner child, like all encompassing, but I do kind of like piece out like different versions of my inner child. So when you're tapping in one time, your five-year-old self might come up, the next time your 13-year-old self might come up, you know, the next time your 18-year-old self might come up, there's different pieces and different versions of your inner child. So you might be really chill with the six-year-old version, but maybe some like traumatic thing happened when you were 16 and your 16-year-old self, you're, like, feeling a lot of shame or resentment towards, right? So, it's okay if when we're talking about this and if you're doing inner child work or if you've tried to before that you're, like, yeah, I can really easily, like, communicate with this version of me but not the other version of me, right? So, this is kind of what I wanted to break down is like how to work with your inner child and different ways that you can connect with your inner child. And I wasn't expecting this to come out, but when I sat down to write the notes, it was kind of like different experiences that you can have with trying to connect with your inner child, because I feel like a lot of people get discouraged um, when they're trying to connect with their inner child. Like when I work with somebody, I'm able to be there as that third person That can psychically tap in, and I can tell if you're needing more guidance, if your inner child is feeling a little like skeptical, you know, and I can help you push through those things. But I've talked to people who've done inner child work on their own, and it can feel like, okay, I got to this point, but like I couldn't get farther than this, or like I tried talking to them and like they weren't really wanting to talk to me, or I, I, couldn't really like pick out any memories or nothing really came up for me. Right. So that, that can happen when you're in like a group setting or if you're doing it on your own. Um, for me with clients, I've worked with clients who are like my inner child up right away. And I've worked with clients who had a really, really traumatic childhood and they blocked out a lot of memories and I helped them to recover some things. Right. So there's a definitely a range and so I wanted to talk about that because I feel like there's a lot of stigma around like we see people who are posting and saying like oh I connect with my inner child I do this for my inner child and it's so great and like maybe you might feel like well I don't really have that connection with them I don't know how to build that connection with them or like I'm not feeling like all like glitter and rainbows and unicorns with them like this is different, you know? So I wanted to show, talk to you about like the different ways that your connection can build and start when you first start working with your inner child. Or maybe, like I said, you try working with your six-year-old and it's like, boom, instant connection. Everything's great. Then you try tapping into like a little bit teen, like inner teen, inner child, and it's not happening. So I think that it's important to acknowledge like where you're at and to know that it's okay. Like, not everybody has, like, any relationship. Not everything is easy. Some things take work. Some things, like, some people we try to be friends with and it doesn't work out, right? So I wanted to go over that to kind of tell you, like, you're not crazy. There's nothing wrong with you. This is just common ways that can happen. So let's get into it. I feel like I was talking about it way too long. Um, So what are ways that you can connect with your inner child? So The first step is to build a connection with them, like spark up a regular relationship. And what I mean by regular and like everything we talk about in this podcast, do what feels best for you. I don't want to say you should be checking in with your inner child once a week. If not, you're a failure, right? Like that's not how we run things in this podcast. So regular for you, right? So what does regular for you mean? And this can change, right? Everything can change. We have ebbs and flows. Maybe regular for you means when you feel like you have the time, when you feel like you have the emotional or mental capacity, maybe you hire somebody like me where when I work with my people long term, it's once every other week, right? So it's not super overwhelming. Maybe you do it once a month. Maybe you do it when, you know, once a year, what once a day, whatever feels great for you. Um you know, go and listen to your intuition and your body. Like if you're like, hey, I want to do every day and then you try and it's too hard, it's overwhelming, like that's okay, right? So I want to talk about like ways that we can, when we're building that connection, when we're doing step one, when we're like, okay, so how do you connect with your inner child? The easiest way is to call them forward, is to visualize with them or journal with them, right? So visualization for me is very strong a lot of my clients I work with they can do visualization and it's fine so usually I will open up a portal and open up a ritual for them to get them embodied so first step is to make sure you're in the right space right like don't just like have an argument with your boyfriend and then sit down and like okay I'm gonna like do inner child work like there needs to be um when I say getting embodied I just mean like tapping in, like a little bit of like shedding whatever, what was going on in the world, setting the tone. Like maybe you need a safe space. Maybe you want calming music. Maybe you want to be under the covers. I usually do like deep breathing to get embodied. I will put my hand on my chest so that I can remember that I have a body and it's there. Like maybe sometimes I need to do yoga first or dancing first, journaling first, whatever it is, like whatever it is for you that helps you like get in that zone. That's sort of like getting ready for meditation, right? Getting ready to receive, um, and to be open. Um, so then you can call them forward. And if we're sticking with the visualization, you would like ask them to come forward. So if there's a certain thing that's been popping up for you and you're like, I want to work through this memory, I want to work for this trauma, um, call that forward, you know, like, and keep visualizing and keep going. Um, If you're like, no, this is my first time with my inner child, I just want to see who they are, what they are, like how they come up, just invite them forward, like say it out loud, say it in your head, whatever you feel comfortable with and visualize them. Be really detail-oriented, notice as much as you can, take in as much as you can, right? Um, If you can't really visualize or visualization is harder for you, journaling and doing automatic writing So, automatic writing is when you allow for anything to flow through that, like, don't worry about curating, proper spelling, it looking nice, all that stuff. So, same thing. I would still get ready the same way. Then I would ask the question. I'll write it on the paper. Like, inner child, can you come forward and ask your question on the paper in your head and allow your energy, how to answer, but through your hand, like it's answering for you, right? Um, there's tons of other ways, but those are the main two ways that I would recommend, at least right now while we're on the podcast, right? <laughs> there's way, way more specific ways. Like For me, when I work with clients, I psychically tap in and we'll see the best way to work just for you, right? So this is more of a generalized way, the two main ways that I would tell people. So if in this process, when you're like, I'm trying to invite forward my inner child, there's a few different ways that it can go. So number one, if it's kind of like hard for you, and you're like, my inner child's not coming up, I don't know where to start. Like, think of commonalities, start thinking about your childhood, think of fond memories that you have, like, Maybe your seventh birthday was at Chuck E. Cheese and you had, like, the best time, right? Maybe that's, like, a little bit old to be going to Chuck E. Cheese, but whatever. (laughs) Um, Maybe uh, you had a favorite show that you always watch. Maybe there was, like, a toy that you were super into. Like, excuse me. Think of all of those types of things. So if it's harder for you to bring them forward, then think about like the better things in your childhood and recall those and talk about those and see maybe there's like a memory associated with that. Like maybe you got the toy that you wanted for your birthday. Maybe you always wish you had, you know, been able to dye your hair and you never got to like connect with that memory, that version, that energetic signature of your inner child. So that is like a great way to connect. So like for me, I think about like, what was my favorite dinner as a as a kid and i'll make that or i'll just remember how excited i was to eat that or like i remember my favorite outfit when i was a kid my mom bought me it was so freaking fetch like my mom bought me from the disney store i'm pretty sure it was a uh, hundred one dalmatians it was like a like a button up sweater with a matching skirt and tights and it was like gray and then it had like the dalmatians embroidered on it and It was my, I remember any day that I got up for school and I was putting on that outfit, I would be excited to get up. Like I would be like super jazzed. And I remember like putting on the tights and like feeling the embroidery on the tights. And like, I just felt so cool and so excited to be doing the day and clothes that made me feel like freaking badass and like freaking excited, right? So like remembering small details like that is going to be like, super easy to connect with your inner child like I remember all the shows that were my favorite I remember bands that were my favorite um maybe I remember like I remember uh, I was a, an only child for like eight years when my brother was born so like in preschool I was like the weird kid that would like I don't know, it was it was it was interesting I wasn't the weird kid I was like the kid that would play by themselves but like by choice like I was like I don't want to hang out with all of you And so I would like play with bugs. And then when there was other, when there was like a spider, all the kids in the playground would like run to me and be like, Amanda, there's a spider. Could you kill it? So it's like weird stuff like that. Like connect with those pieces of yourself, right? That, that you remember that feel cool about yourself. Like it's okay to start in a place that's not like super traumatic and super overwhelming, especially if you're just starting out or wanting to have a deeper connection with your inner child. Like Recall those things, right? So then what, once you recall them, that might spark up like a whole snowball effect of like, oh, and this and this and this. And then you're connecting with them and you're talking to them and you're like, remember when we did this? And remember when we did that? And like, you can connect that way. Or maybe that will lead to, oh, now I'm ready to talk about the traumatic thing with them. Um, or they're ready to talk to me about it rather. Um, or and like, this can also lead to now that you've remembered all these things, now you can like, do those things. Like, for me, I remember, oh, I always wanted to have a certain haircut and be really good at eyeliner as a kid. So now I do those things. And that's a way to honor my inner child and connect with them like on the day to day, right? Um. I remember like, I always wanted to do like roller skating or like skateboarding. So it's like, those are things that you could do now, right? That you have your adult money and your adult time. Um, and, like, other things, like, it can seem really stupid, but, like, maybe you just really wanted this one Barbie really badly and you never got it. Like, get that bar. Also, sorry, all of these examples might be, like, kind of gendered. Well, I guess they're not really gendered. Anyone could have any of these things. But, like, I'm just listing stuff from my childhood. So if it feels like uh, I was never into any of that stuff, then, like, that's totally okay, right? (laughs) But, um... Like, maybe you just wanted a certain Barbie and you never got it. So now you give that. Like, you literally buy that thing, even though it's ridiculous as fuck. Like, do it. Like, because that's a way to, like, honor your inner child, right? Like, maybe there's a specific shirt that you always wanted to wear or something. Like, do it. Like, that's a. those are huge ways to, like, connect with your inner child. And I always love telling people, like watch the movie, like pick a day and be like, inner child, what do you want to do today? Let's do that. Or what do you, what activity would you love to do for the next hour? Like maybe it's like finger painting or something like be silly, be like, like the, be innocent, be naive, like have that energy come through. Right. I know like my inner child would like fucking vibe out on my chemical romance hard and I never got to go to the concert. So you bet your sweet ass when they announced couple years ago obviously it hasn't happened because of COVID but like when they announced that that like I w- waited in like la- I was at work and I was like I'm not fucking doing work I had myself in the queue and I spent $300 on tickets right because like my inner child was like I remember my boyfriend and I, both are My Chemical Romance fans, and, like, once a month, we'd be like, damn, I wish I could have gone to My Chemical Romance concert. Like, every single time, like, my inner teen is like, I wish I could have cried my eyeliner at the freaking concert when I was, like, fucking 15. And so when I was presented with that opportunity, I was like, this is an immediate yes for me. Like, I am not passing up this opportunity. So like we bought tickets, right? Like we still haven't gone yet cause of COVID, but like my routine is still like having to hold on, but it's okay. But anyways, you get what I'm saying. So there's a multitude of different ways that you can connect with your inner child. And it doesn't need to be super expensive. It doesn't need to be super grand. Like it could be going to Disneyland, right? Like that's why I have, um, um, uh, Season pass for Universal. I used to have season pass for Disney before it got too expensive. But like whatever it is that like feels like, yes, this is my inner child. Like for me, I love going universal now because like I used to have the pass when I was actually a child. Like when I was a kid, my best friend and I in middle school would go all the time. So this is like a way for me to honor that and to be back there and be like, oh, I know this place. It's familiar to me, right? So there's tons of different ways that you can bring back those memories. And this is like if it's a little bit hard for you to get started, if you're wanting to build a relationship and it's coming easy, these are different ways that you can start building the relationship. To like give them an opportunity to tell you what they miss, what they want, what they need, right? Like, "Oh, I always wish that I had this." Cool, let's get that freaking tie-dye shirt, right? Like whatever it is. Um the next few things I'm going to go into is like if it's not like an immediate click for you with your inner child, that is okay. And so I'm going to talk about ways that we can like build the relationship if it's feeling like harder, if it's not feeling so like, oh, this this is coming naturally to me. So I'm going to take a break and then we'll come back and we'll talk about those things. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> okay, so I'm back. Um, so let's say you're trying to tap in with your inner child and you like visualize your inner child or you like connect with them in whatever intuitive way that you connect. And you sense like, weird vibes coming from them. Like maybe they're not talking you. Maybe they're like, judging you. They're like feeling suspicious of you. That is okay. That is a normal response, especially for like, the first few times that you connect with them and like imagine like you've never connected with them and then like you know like if you're a kid and you meet someone new you're gonna be like who the f are you like why are you here you know that might be a natural response like some people's inner children are really sassy and they will like square up. They will like look them up and down, like cross their arms, like squint their eyes, like judge them. That's okay. They're trying to suss out if you are safe, right? If you can be trusted, because especially if you've gone through a lot as a child, when you connect, they might be like, who that for you? Are you like, can I let you into my zone? Right? So... If you feel like weird vibes like that, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with you. It doesn't mean like you're never going to be able to connect with your inner child. It might be sometimes they're just like kind of sassy and you just need to like talk to them a little bit, explain to them who you are, why you're there, what your intentions are, hear them out. That is always like my number one rule. Always ask them what they need. Always allow them to be heard, right? Um, then sometimes people's inner child will just like immediately be like, okay, cool. You passed the test. Right. Sometimes it's like deeper, right? Like, especially people who've had more traumatic, uh, childhoods, more trauma happened to them, especially around trusting people. Um, they might be mad at you, right? They, they might be mad at you for not connecting with them, for not listening to them all these years um they might be feel like they can't trust you because maybe your relationship right like and this is not I want to preface this and say this is not a like I'm not saying this as like a bad thing about you right so what the next thing I'm gonna say like it has nothing to do with did you fail did you do it right or wrong I'm just saying like these are like facts so like you your track record with your inner child might not be the best right so when we're children we learn coping mechanisms from our environment and from the people around us mostly our parents or maybe like older siblings grandparents right like people we look up to people who have taught us and raised us and sometimes those most of the time those coping mechanisms are not good so like historically speaking your inner child really wanted to feel safe. And we did a lot of things maybe to our body, to our boundaries, to our emotions that were not actually safe, but they were just the coping mechanisms that we knew that we had the tools for, right? So that's okay. But like, that might mean your track record, your inner child might be looking at the notes, at the receipts, and they might be like, well, uh, instead of Putting yourself first, you put yourself last. Instead of trusting your intuition, you got into this shitty relationship with this person. Instead of loving yourself, you judge yourself and you mistreat yourself and you, you know, like all these things. So it could be that there's like a negative track record with you and your inner child. And like I said, this has nothing to no blame on you, right? This is just how things were. Like you're here listening to this podcast. You're doing the work with me one on one you're doing the work with yourself like that's amazing some people never even do that so like we all start where we start there's no shame no judgment for where we're starting it's the fact that we're choosing to change it right so don't feel that like don't feel anything about yourself like try not to at least don't feel shameful right um so they might feel like i can't trust you because you've shown me over and over again that i can't trust you right So this is where you can say, like, okay, what do you need? This is, like, the rule of thumb. Always hear them out, right? So maybe they're like, I need you to prove to me that I can trust you. So do what they ask you to, right? Obviously, if it's within reason, um, communicate, negotiate with them if it's not within reason. Maybe um, a lot of the time the easiest way to, like, create that trust is to bring in somebody that they do trust. Maybe they trust that cool kid um, from the TV show that they love. Maybe they trust that celebrity that they always look up to. Maybe they trust your grandma instead, right? Bring those people in that will like help to break the ice in between you two. So it's okay if that's the case, right? The other case that I have seen when working with clients is that you feel resentment towards your inner child. So when you tap in, You expect to feel, like, excited to see them or, like, some kind of vaguely neutral or positive experience, and then you feel resistance in your body to them. Like, you feel shame towards them. You feel judgment towards them. That is also a normal response. That is okay, right? Because when you're a kid, if a traumatic experience, especially, like, an an assault type experience, or like your parents belittled you and hit you, or you had sexual assault, or like children were mean to you, like all these negative traumatic things could happen. Um, If you as a child cannot place the blame on the person who actually caused the trauma, then your ego will look inwards and place the blame on you, right? So an example, a trigger warning for this example, or content, I don't know if it's better to say trigger warning or content warning. I'll say content warning um, for sexual assault. My childhood, as an example, I grew up in a childhood in a home with my mom and my step parent, my step, I don't really like to call him my stepfather, but like with my mom's husband, um, since I was young. So it was like from three on, um, and he was like sexually inappropriate around me. He would make comments about other women and he groomed me from a young age. And I, when I was growing up, I thought that was normal, right? Like I thought this is just men view women as objects. I exist as an object. Like I'm sexualized from a young age. Like these were things that I didn't know any better. And I started to see, like get feelings. And I was like, why am I like attracted to my like abuser? And that's a common thing, right? Because it's like, a mixed relationship where it's like there's still a caregiver but now they're being like weird and all these things and you think that it's normal and then I realized like but then I knew logically this isn't good I don't want this I don't want to be attracted to this person I don't want to be attracted to this attention right the feelings and so I blamed myself I turned internally and I shamed myself and I got mad at myself and I was like what is wrong with me why am I feeling these feelings? Why am I like attracted to the wrong people like to like father figures or like older men or whatever, because that became like a pattern for me, right? And and like, I'm very like boiling this down. (laughs) But just for the sake of the example, like I blamed myself and I hated myself and I shamed myself and I I thought there's something wrong with me. And I didn't listen to my desires because they were weird and icky for me, right? And took me years, like, till after college to start understanding these things. And, you know, I'm still sifting through a lot of these things. There was a lot of long-lasting traumatic things that are still being held in my body to this day that I'm slowly unearthing as I feel safe enough to do that, right? Because it's a process, but the point is like i blamed myself and i grew up hating myself and not like thinking that my sexual desires were disgusting and like not listening to what i liked and then it 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 caused a lot of like ripple effect in my life traumatically so i couldn't place the blame on the person who actually was doing the wrong thing because one, I didn't know. I didn't have the permission or the empowerment to do that. Two, they were a caretaker. So I felt like I can't say anything because I don't want to ruin the family dynamic. Um, I didn't, you know, like all of these things. I didn't have a voice. I, I pretty much everything. You get the point. So that is something that can happen. And then when you tap in with your inner child, those, those things might come up and you might feel shame and judgment towards your inner child and feel like you were the reason that these bad things happened to me you did all these gross disgusting things you did these unspeakable things like maybe you your inner child acted out maybe your child your inner child got kicked out maybe your inner child was a thief or a liar like all these weird teen things right and that's okay right like we don't want to keep holding on to that shame and judgment. So if you feel that way, when you tap in with your inner child, this is like a good, I like to call it like a good feedback loop to show you where you can do the healing on your own without your inner child, unless your inner child wants to be a part of that, or you feel like they should be. But sometimes it's hard if you're feeling resistance towards them to connect. Right. Um. So just like if you feel resistance towards them in any way, take a step back and try and understand like what the resistance is as best as you can in ways that you work with yourself, right? Or working with somebody like me makes it a lot easier because I can psychically like tap in and know what the resistance is about. Um, But work through that resistance as best you can. So people who have this kind of response to their inner child Know that it's gonna take a lot longer for you to create that connection with your inner child, and that is okay. So the more you do work to remove the shame, the more you do work to remove the resistance, whatever it's coming from. Um then when you tap in with your new child, it'll be easier. They might come through stronger, they might start talking to you, you might not feel as weird towards them. Um, maybe they do want to help you through this, maybe they wanna, you know, you you do it even though you you connect with them even though you have the resistance feeling in your body um but it's a good it'll be a good feedback loop for you you can check in with them periodically and see do i still feel that way towards them and like i said in the beginning you might feel cool towards your 6 year old self but when you tap in you'll have resistance to your 13 year old self right like maybe they they did some like thing that you feel is like slutty or whatever right and you're internalizing that shame around like sluttiness when really it's not their fault <laughs> they were just doing the best with what they had and hormones hello right <laughs> um so it's important to remove that when you understand it when you feel safe in the best way that you can and that's like a whole other tangent i'm not really going to talk about how to do that if you know somebody that you work with through this like a therapist or if you want to work with me th- with this like if you have your own way that you do it like that's amazing and if you're part of the patreon coven you can ask your one question right if you're part of the tier 2 and up You can ask a question about every single episode. There'll be like a post discussion in the Patreon coven and you can ask like, hey, can you expand more on this? Can you explain more about this? And I will answer it for you. So that's also another option. (laughs) But um, the next and like last, I guess, like scenario. um, Actually, no, there's a few more. (laughs) Sorry, I'm looking at my notes. So the other way is if you tap in and you don't feel, you might feel like maybe you don't have resentment towards your new child, but maybe you feel like disconnected from them. That can be like, maybe you're disconnected from that part of you, right? So a few examples of this could be maybe you grew up and your sex was female and so you were raised as a female. And then you transition to being non-binary or to being uh, male, right? Like some other gender that you identify with. Maybe there's a disconnect to that part of you because there might still be like shame around that, right? Maybe it's something like not as like intense as that. Maybe it's something like I used to be super girly and now I'm like not like I don't relate with a lot of those things that my inner child likes because I don't really like them anymore. So it can be that, or it could just be that, like how I was talking about, like that internalized shame or judgment. Like I'm not like that anymore. I want to disconnect myself from that part of me that was acting out from that part of me that was into drugs from that part of me that was, you know, like sexually attracted to the wrong people, like whatever it is. Um, honoring that disconnection and acknowledging that disconnection is important. So it could be as easy as, you still probably have commonalities with your inner child. Find that common ground. Ma, I'm not super into a lot of things that my inner child is into. Like, I think those cartoons are stupid. And I think that this and this and this, like maybe understanding why do you think cartoons are stupid? Is it because you're trying to push away the childhood, that piece of your childhood, right? Like maybe you actually do think cartoons are cool, but maybe- people shamed you for that and you felt like you had to grow up and be an adult so you rejected a lot of the childlike childlike nature in, inside of you maybe you just need to like push past that fear like work through it and do the thing maybe it's like oh well yeah i'm not like super into all that stuff anymore but like my inner child was super into sync and i still really like NSYNC. you can bond about that Or like I said, maybe you are like purposefully disconnecting from that piece because you're still holding shame and judgment, right? So that's also like moving back to the past thing that we just talked about, right? The previous step of like working through the shame and the judgment, understanding it. Um, Then the last one would be that you just had a really traumatic childhood and you blocked out most of it, right? Like I've worked with clients who had this and it's hard it's gonna be a lot harder to connect with your inner child and that's okay but this one if you have like such a traumatic childhood that you're like I don't remember anything like I'm trying to recall things and I'm getting like flashes of images I'm getting garbled sounds I'm not really getting the actual visual of what my inner child looked like, or like I get it for a second and I'm feeling scared or I'm getting triggered. Like those are all signs that there might be stuff that was blocked out. And this is where it's best to work with somebody that you trust and you feel safe with, like a practitioner, like the person came to me to work with because they tried therapy and they didn't really feel that with a therapist. Uh, Maybe it's talking to like a trusted friend about it. Maybe you don't want to talk to anybody at all. And you're like, no, I need to deal with this on my own. Like, wherever it feels safe for you, right? So this is where it's like, don't push it. Don't try and be like, I just really quickly, like, why isn't it going quick enough? I want to no. know. Like, this is where it's important for you to honor your boundaries, what you're willing to dive into, what you aren't. And know that, like, this sometimes just requires you to be open so that you can take those little tiny pieces as they come. And piece things together because usually what happens is like as we start to relax like when stuff like this comes up clients will like feel like overwhelmed or anxious or triggered or they might feel like angry that they can't tap in that they're not getting to where they want to quick enough like we need to make sure that at the foundation we're trying to remove as much of those feelings as possible so if you're getting triggered regulating your nervous system regulating your body going at a pace that feels safe for you stopping maybe when you feel triggered um if you're feeling like judgment for yourself or anger towards yourself like honoring and reminding yourself still doing nervous system stuff right like honoring and remembering that like it's okay I don't need to go so quickly I don't need to have all the answers I need to hold space for myself or if you're working with somebody else right like and things are going to happen at the pace that it's meant to. Um, And then it allows you to be open to those little bits and pieces to come through as they're ready. Um, Because usually what happens is, like, once you remove those, like, pressure-building factors, then it kind of becomes like a snowball effect where it's like this memory. Oh, I'm going to just hold space for it and acknowledge it for as long as it's here. Then I'm not going to be like, oh, what happens is, like, you get like one image and then a client will keep trying to dig, dig, dig deeper and like keep recalling that image. But it's like things are coming as they need. So you get the image, you acknowledge it, maybe you write it down, you take note of it. You allow yourself to feel what that image brings up. And then you like wait for the next one to come. And that is the best way because as the images are coming in quickly and pieces are coming in quickly, that's going to help you to get to that bigger breakthrough instead of like, you know, it's just like regular manifestation, like don't be so tied to the outcome that you miss what's meant for you, right? So like, go with the flow, go with what is coming up, because everything that comes up is for a reason. And I think sometimes we're like, I don't know what that means. I need to bring that image back up. I, I don't know what's going on. And I need to know it's okay. This one is important to know that it's not about knowing everything. It's about the feeling, right? Like some stuff you may never fully know. And that's because your subconscious is like, no, dude, we're not ready for this. This is too much. We don't even want to acknowledge this in this lifetime again. Really what it's about is the feeling and working through the trauma in, that's in your body and with your inner child. So like you might not ever know what the thing was, but you could still feel it and you can still heal it and work through it. So that is like super important to acknowledge. Um, so those are like the main ways... <laughs> that, like, connections with your inner child can go. And like I said, they can change based off of memories, based off of what age you're tapping into. Um, And once you start acknowledging these things and working through them, tapping in with your inner child will be a lot easier. Once you build that relationship with your inner child, moving through when traumas or memories or triggers come up, is going to be a lot easier. That's why I always tell people like start with the relationship because many of us, you know, it's normal. We're humans. We're impatient. We just want to tap in and heal the thing and then leave, right? But your inner child still has feelings and emotions as a child does. And you want to still allow it to know it's safe. Allow it to know that you're there for it. Allow it to know whatever your intention is that you have for your inner child. And you don't want to just be like, I'm only coming in when it's trauma, like doing things in the everyday to empower your inner child, to make them feel accepted, to make them feel seen, to make them feel heard, to make them feel safe are going to make a huge impact. Even if you never do like the deeper healing work with them, that's still healing all that other stuff you're doing, wearing those clothes, eating those foods, like doing those activities. That's still a form of healing. And it's very simple to do, right? Compared to like tapping in and healing all of your emotions. (laughs) Um, And yeah, like doing the rest of the work of like doing the deeper healing work, like I talked about in the beginning, is going to be the most impactful. So like finding a way that works for you or like multiple ways that work for you, Um, working with somebody is going to be like the best, easiest way to do that, you know, I I don't know. It's like a weird thing where I always say like work with somebody that you love, but um, every time I just feel like it's a way for me to like shy away from saying like work with me. Just work with me. <laughs> and I just feel like it's like bad to like take up space in my own podcast, which is like weird. But like I feel like it's like scammy if I keep saying it. So <laughs> that's why I don't say that. But like yes, work with me. I'm a freaking I I love doing this. Like I'm an like you see I was like scared to say I'm an expert about this, but like. <laughs> um, do it. Like if you are feeling called to it, like reach out to me, look at my offerings. I offer payment plans. I offer discounts for BIPOC and LGBTQ people. Um, so like that's always an option. Like I said, there's tons of other ways. Like maybe you have insurance and you want to do it through therapy. Maybe you have like a journal or a book that you got, but like just know that it, the healing needs to happen with your inner child in your body. It can't just be logically understanding. That's like the, the step one of it. But like it, it needs to be like choices that impact your energy in your body and not like just understanding, oh yeah, that was bad. But that doesn't get rid of the trauma that's being held there, right? Like when you're doing embodied decisions, like like I said, eating, dressing, doing an activity, doing the tr- like trauma healing, the energy healing. Um, that's where the big impact is going to be. It's always with your body. That's why I said, like, I feel like your inner child lives inside of your body. It's in a space in your body. And those memories and those traumas live in your body until we address them and heal them. So I hope that this helped you to feel, like, more... There's definitely going to be more inner child um, podcasts because we barely, like, scratched the surface, right? But... um, this is definitely like, I feel like a huge thing that people feel judgment and shame for where they are and how they feel towards their inner child. So that was a huge goal for me in this episode. Um, again, go to patreoncom slash witchy and weird pod, no spaces to sign up, to be part of the coven, to get bonus episodes, to ask questions. I have monthly coaching. If you get the highest tier, um, and we are able to leave reviews on spotify now so you can like rate us on spotify leave a review and rate us on apple podcasts and if you want to work with me for inner child healing i'll put that link in the show notes and i'll add it to our witchy and weird like um link tree and of course if you follow me you know where the links are they're in my bio (laughs) but yeah um happy new year everybody and until next time bye if you love witchy and weird podcasts support us by donating monthly for as little as 99 cents at anchor.fm slash witchy and weird slash support you can cancel at any time and 100 percent of the proceeds go directly to the pod or if you don't want to commit to a monthly donation buy Amanda a coffee at ko-fi.com slash weird to help fuel them while they record, edit, create, and upload content for the podcast. And if you're feeling extra generous, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and tell your witchy and weird friends about us too. Bye!